listening to Laser Graves, a podcast from the 2020s about the 1980s. We're going to talk about stuff and things. I'm your co-host, Mariah Rose Wimmer. And you are? Oh, Totes Profesh. Shush. <laughs> Oh, you think you can do a better intro? Yeah. Us. Welcome back, everybody. This is an episode <laughs> of Laser Graves. I'm your co-host DK Wimmer, and you just got a uh, an intro from my co-host. <laughs> <laughs> you get what you ask for. Eric. Thanks, thanks for doing that. Uh, this week we are bringing you another post-apocalyptic film. This one is not from Italy. This one's from the Philippines. <laughs> so let's see what's happening on the other side of the world. Oh. Wow. Oh. A lot. Um, so much. Uh, also, so very little. Yeah, remarkably. Huh. Although once it gets going, there's no turning back. That's what I liked about this film. A rolling stone gathers an omos. Nope, just a lot of lasers. <laughs> <laughs> That's well. what's pre- propelling the the rolling stone it's being shot by laser eyes <laughs> wow those laser eyes we'll get to them thanks to those of you who have been uh giving us ratings we've got a few more mm-hmm. and reviews got some new listeners got yeah definitely got new listeners got a ton of new followers on instagram thank you for doing that yeah and we're building steam into 2020 yeah like i said Something about a stone and laser eyes. <laughs> That's exactly what you said. <laughs> you heard it heard it here first. Uh, you have any thrift store finds? Yes, I do. Um, it was kind of a last minute um, in the middle of a New Mexico snowstorm stop. Okay. Yeah, I know. Everybody else was very panicked, so I thought, <laughs> great time to go to Goodwill. And there was... Nobody but me and the Goodwill employee who was very concerned about leaving, I think. I'm sure they closed five minutes after. They boarded up the windows because we got an inch and a half of snow. (laughs) (laughs) But I found a yellow, like a super cool yellow jacket. It's like a button-up. Kind of like if I were a 1960s Beatles girlfriend. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. During the time when they were going to India. I don't know why. Ah, okay. Yeah. Were they going to India in the 60s? I don't know, Early dude. 70s. I don't care, honestly. It definitely wasn't the 80s, though. <laughs> okay, yeah, it definitely wasn't. But it was cool. Anyway, what what did you find? I found a couple more tapes. I, they, they were doubles, but I knew I could sell them because I sell a bunch of tapes to pay for better tapes. But yes. I found a copy of Deadly Friend, which we still have not done. And oh. we keep talking about doing and it. And I don't know if I've seen it. I don't think you have. I feel like maybe I have. It has Buffy in it, right? I don't think so. Christy Swanson? I think so. Will you look it up? Let's pause. Deadly Friend has Christy Swanson. Yes! I don't think I knew who she was when I first saw this then. Because I've only seen it once, and I don't know if I had seen Buffy before this. What? Yeah. Well, I didn't watch Buffy until I think we were together. What? Yeah. Maybe not. I don't know, man. It's all a blur. Different life, man. Different times. That's hard to accept. (laughs) Yeah. Well, (laughs) glad we cleared that up. I found Deadly Friend. All right. And I found another copy 
a little OG copy of Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Oh, yeah. That's already sold, too. Threw it on eBay and it's gone. Oh. Yeah, people like that one. Oh, we should also address the fact that we're not covering The Golden Child. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, the moment we said it, I was like, not yeah, gonna that's happen. not going to happen. I know. I actually have something in mind that I want to watch next week and I'm not going to say it aloud. Yeah, I don't want to curse it. F- uh, for the record, we like The Golden Child a lot. It's actually, I love that movie. I grew up on that movie. It's just not... We've got so many other films we can get to. Let, also, there's, there's other podcasts that have done The Golden Child. We've, we've got some yeah. real serious ones to get to. Very serious work ahead of us. Yeah. And we covered the only important scene, and that was Blood Oatmeal, so... It wasn't the only one. <laughs> there's definitely some other scenes I would have gotten to. Whatever. But speaking of really important episodes to get to... This one. Are you ready to talk about Warriors of the Apocalypse? Here it is. This is the center, and everything radiates out from Warriors so, of the Apocalypse. This is what we opted for instead of the Golden Child. <laughs> You're welcome, everyone. <laughs> 1985. Uh, this is shot by director Bobby A. Suarez who was a Filipino director. He His mother died at a really early age, so he became an orphan, graduated from some orphanage, and then got his his way into a film industry that was over there, uh-huh. and then just worked his way up and up and up. Super hard work. Eventually, All the way to the top. Well, super <laughs> to the top, actually, because he moved to Hong Kong and then started Intercontinental Pictures, which was the very first... It was, was in, like, 69 or something like that. The very first film distribution company to um, dub Chinese films into English and hmm. sold them internationally. And so that was wow. kind of his claim to fame. Huh. Yeah. And I, so, I felt like I recognized the name, but obviously I, I probably just, just seen director. it on something. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if we've seen any any other of his films or if we have. I don't really remember him, but yeah. he's just a cult director. He's He passed away. One of the films that I do want to see for sure. Uh-huh. You want to know the title? Yes. <laughs> the One-Armed ex- Executioner. What? <laughs> I love it. The cover has a one-armed man. Oh, it's really cool. I kind of want to make a drawing of that or a yeah, painting. I really want to see it. But uh, yeah, so Bobby Suarez directed this. It is a U.S. film. I mean, he's a Filipino director, but it's a, it's a U.S. film. Were the actors American? Some were, and then some weren't. So it was kind of a mixed bag. He did that a lot. He would have like a mix of where he was filming versus... It was uh, definitely a grab bag of of (laughs) It sure was. We'll talk about that. It was uh, was a cultural kaleidoscope. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll start... One thing I appreciate right away Mm -hmm. is that this starts with stock footage of an atomic blast. Yes. I'm a huge fan of that. I was trying to think of what other film... Was it A Boy and His Dog that starts with an atomic blast? I think blast? so, yeah. I can't remember. It's I'm been a while sure since we saw it. that, too. But this I like... This is basically the same intro. I just love when they use stock footage of an atomic blast. Because mm-hmm. then, now we know. It sets the stage. You know, that, what is the one we watched recently? The other Apocalypse one? Um, with the Italian one? Not Warriors of the Wasteland. We haven't done that one yet. You know what I'm talking about? The Italian one where they had all the wrenches and stuff? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> What's that called? Texas Gladiators. It was Texas Gladiators. No, please. I looked it up. You don't get credit for Texas Gladiators. Dude, we just did that like two episodes ago. Oh, man, that's anyway, not good. Anyway, that movie would have been um, giving us uh, a gift if they had shown something like an atomic bomb to just give an indication to set the stage. This movie... Warriors of the Apocalypse 
super different from Texas Gladiators, starts us out with an atomic blast. So we know bad things have happened. I also, man, am I a sucker for the film uh, starting with the name Warrior. I, yeah. I'm looking right now next to me and we have Warrior of the Lost World, Warriors of the Wasteland. We haven't gotten to any of them yet. But Warrior is a hard word to say. I feel like if you say it more than three times, the word is dead. So we, we better stop. Okay. We'll never say it again. Never. For this episode. <laughs> so there's a mushroom cloud and then we realize we are 150 years in the future. So after this mus- mushroom cloud, there's like a little intro that sets the scene for Did us. you see the uh, title card? The The font is like a romance novel, purple lettering. There are several things in this movie that hearken to, back to a romance novel. Oh, oh we will definitely talk about that <laughs> later. <laughs> not, to, not to say that this is a romantic film. It's got romantic leanings, we'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's some saxophone. Definitely some sexy sax. Aww. Uh, it's just keep, it's what we do now. Yep. Sexy sex. That's all. Sexual healing. It starts with that purple lettering at the romance uh, font. It's really funny. And, and then some guys like are wandering through a wasteland. It's a group of men in a desert. And one of them smacks an old man <laughs> down, which I thought was really funny right away. Who I thought I, that was mean. Well, I didn't realize it was part of the crew. I was like, are they just, like walking by and hitting old people? No, it's just a, a mean dude. It's a guy named Doc who is part of their group. He's the one who's knocked down. Yeah, he's an old guy. He's the old guy. He, so it's old guy Doc and then some younger-ish men like in their mid-30s. Do you remember any of the names? One. Trapper. Yeah, Trapper is the leader. And I think the guy that has the like captain's hat is raunchy. Oh, that would make sense. Everybody sure. else, it doesn't matter. Just it doesn't. I don't honestly, know why they gave them names. Part of me thought, should I go look up the names? <laughs> and then really Trapper and a Nook and Doc are the names that we need to know. I, um, I'm i going to just be totally upfront and say that I'm going to describe them by yep. how I think they look. I think that's Because their look is very, very classic. I appreciate this. You mm-hmm. know me. I love a good post-apocalyptic costume. Yes. And they're living up to it. They've got shoulder pads. Everybody got... has big shoulders. Even if they're not wearing shoulder pads. <laughs> yeah, they've got something. There's some big shoulders. A lot of leather, a lot of spikes, uh-huh. sunglasses, a couple like Soviet caps. Mm-hmm. They're... Um, a couple of them look like they are sincerely going to a Judas Priest concert. Yeah. Like, no joke. Yeah. They I look 100% like they are agree. huge fans of Judas Priest. My favorite one beyond uh, the, the main Judas Priest guy, Ronchi, I think, is the other guy who's got... Uh, I don't know how to say this without... Um, I don't know if this is okay to say, but like... Um, we'll see. Don't say it. You know... It, <laughs> <laughs> like... 80s gay bar culture, the the mustache, that like um, YMCA mustache, That's because I can't say handlebar, that's what I was going to say, but it's not a handlebar mustache. It's like the big mustache that goes down into kind of... The beard. The beard. But no chops. chin. Yeah. He's got one of those. It's like a chin strap that takes a detour up to meet above the lip. Between yeah, he's got one of those nose. huge mustaches, but then he also has a little neck, uh, a handkerchief around his neck, and then he's got a fishnet shirt on honestly like truly <laughs> i don't awesome. 
I cannot even conjure up an image of who you're talking about. <laughs> he was one of the main characters. No. Yeah, totally. No. He was one of the... Oh, there's only like five of them. Nope. Okay. I disagree. <laughs> well, clearly I was paying more attention to the fashion of this film than you were. You were. But I'm going to... I think I'll probably just describe him by that. And it is really hard to tell who the leader is in this bunch, but I think it is... Um, it's Trapper. Trapper. Is he yeah. the leader? Yeah. He That's, tells them what I'm going to call him Burt Reynolds. Because he does. He has got a Burt Reynolds quality. He's got the chest hair. Oh, his and he's got more than chest hair. He's wearing okay. like a Yeti costume, but that's his actual body. But he's he so tan so... underneath, so there's got to be some spaces in between those hairs. There is a lot of body hair on that man. He's whatever. You work with what you were given. That and was Trapper, a thing, though. Trapper worked it. Yeah. You want to hear a fun story about body hair? Um, do I? <laughs> yeah, you do. I can, I can sense it. Uh, my mother told me a story once <laughs> that when my father and her were, I think they were still just dating at the time. Maybe not. Well, because they didn't date long. They got married pretty quick. But they were together and they went to a like party, young, young party. Uh-huh. This was in the 70s. And... Uh, my dad had a lot of chest hair. He had like that classic 70s chest hair. And some woman at the party who was drunk kept commenting on my dad's chest why hair. Did he, why was his chest hair out? Because it was the 70s. He oh, wore like, like he... the polyester shirt that was slightly unbuttoned. Okay, okay. I was, just was a cool to dude check. back then. Okay. Yeah. Dude, he was like this military guy who was buff and did like uh, martial arts. He used to be way cooler until I was born. <laughs> And then he like, you sucked the cool. <laughs> totally sucked. My sister tells me that all the time. She's like, dad was way cooler. Uh, anyway, he had all this chest hair and this woman at the party who was drunk kept commenting on my dad's chest hair. And my mom Creepy. got really annoyed. <laughs> this true story. She then trimmed, I think like the dog or something like that, found a poster of like a Chippendale glued actual hair to the chest. Your uh, mom did my mom, this? My mom's funny. She can be really funny. Glued hair to the chest of this poster of like a Chippendale dancer, rolled it up, went back like a few days later, handed it to this woman and said, get your own man. Whoa. <laughs> True story. Sassy Janice. <laughs> handed this woman a poster of a man with glued on chest hair. What a very strange thing. Yes. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> glad you heard that. Okay. All right. So all that is to say that our leader, Trapper, looks like Burt Reynolds. He's a hairy fellow. So uh, we've got these guys all dressed in, in various big-shouldered outfits, mm-hmm. wandering through a desert. They come across another group. Yeah. And, uh, okay, so there are slaves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh... Guess guess what kind of slaves? They're black. And yeah, this is it's not good. So I think this is where we kind of have to say this. There's a lot going on in this movie and we'll explain it. No, not explain it. We'll make note of it, but we cannot explain it. I think here's the thing. I thought about this. First off, they do get um, their revenge very quickly. Sure. But second, at this point, almost 60 episodes in. It, this is the 80s. This is this is yeah. becoming like commonplace. So to try and uh, explain it away is, is useless. 
No. Take it for what it's worth. It's an 80s film, but yeah. We're, we're watching an 80s movie with 21st century eyes, <laughs> so it's sometimes a little difficult to understand <laughs> we what like, they were thinking. Uh, okay, this is weird. So they have some slaves, and Trapper and his group uh, release the slaves. Way to go. Uh, they beat this big guy, and then there's also a third character who's on like a bluff overlooking, and he jumps in and helps Trapper when Trapper is in desperate need. And he's like our token kung fu guy. Kinda. Oh no, he like full on does the martial arts. Oh good, somebody knows what they're doing. Yeah, he's he's pretty cool. I like him. He's got an afro too. So his name is... <laughs> it's really cool. Is a nook. <laughs> but he's like Filipino. Yeah. He, whatever. <laughs> so actually, let me just take this moment to say there is an unending parade of cultural appropriation throughout this whole film and i would say that the one bonus is they borrow from cultures evenly oh yeah they take from i think every single continent i (laughs) was i was like running through my mind and i was like nope nope that's where in i think they hit every single continent yeah, it makes it feel like uh, post-apocalyptic, for sure. It's just this ragtag group of people coexisting now. Yeah, it's... You just have to grin and bear it. <laughs> this was no... This was definitely the most PG of all the ones we watched, too. Yeah. Because this wasn't like... Um, this wasn't like Italian... Middle-aged Italian men wearing wigs pretending to be Native Americans, so... But there were some people definitely wearing blackface. <laughs> Well, but they no. were like Filipino. It wasn't blackface. It was like black body. It was like their whole their whole look had to be <laughs> oh altered. Oh my gosh! <laughs> it was something. It's horrifying. Yeah, well, we haven't even gotten there yet. Okay. Okay. I was just trying to do a disclaimer. Um, not even a disclaimer. Just general touching base. Yeah, we do meet group after group. It's like you come across a. Uh, you know, a, a rebel group, and you take them over, and you take their food and supplies. When I was reading on this, it got compared to Mad Max a lot, and this is nothing like Mad uh-uh. Max. Not it's even not kind nearly of. as cohesive as Mad Max. <laughs> okay, but it's also it's just nothing like it. No. I, it's just because it takes place in the future doesn't mean anything, mm. and we'll we'll quickly find out why, but. I don't know why it got that. I don't either. I think maybe people they saw were just the poster trying... or something and saw like spikes and... Or maybe people were just trying to make a connection to sell it. I guess, but... Yeah. So the group makes their way with Anuk. He says he has uh, come from the mountain of life or something. <laughs> yeah. And that he's over 100 years old. <laughs> right, yeah. But he's like clearly 30-something. Yeah, and uh, he has gold. Like, they find gold, and he's like, oh, yeah, it comes from... Which they never... Now that I'm thinking about it... There's... I uh, totally... That goes nowhere. Nope. No reason to even mention it. But they're gonna... Because I think that's the reason why they go, oh, no, we cause, should... No, Doc says that it's useless, and Trapper's like, what? You mean that paper thing that they used to spread around in the past? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good impression. Thank you. <laughs> Put that on your resume. I will. Trapper impressions <laughs> at the ready. Yeah. So, so they're yeah. going they're gonna go into the jungle now. They're going from the desert into the jungle. Honestly, like if you were in the desert, because there's this whole sequence where they're desperate for water, why? Why like clearly it takes them like 
nine minutes to get to this fertile jungle land. Why wouldn't they go there before? I Yeah, I don't know. They weren't the brightest bulbs. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but they... So Kung Fu... Filipino Kung Fu guys... Anuk. Uh, leads them to the promised land, which is going to be this jungle. Mm-hmm. And they go there, and then that's when we quickly meet some natives. Uh, yep. To the jungle. It's a tribe? A tribe. Of various races. Really, truly. <laughs> but they're all... Uh, yeah, they're all painted. But honestly, though... That kind of works. If we're thinking about an apocalyptic future, people of different races might band together. Yeah. I don't know that they would use body paint that was, like, aboriginal or whatever. But Yeah, they're all, they all have, uh, like, white face makeup with designs. and they, It was just a, like, smattering of various tribal, air quote, um, looks. Yep. And what's funny is that these uh, natives throw spears and uh-huh. uh, miss every single time. Does any spear ever stick? Okay, I'm I'm not joking because this bothered me and uh-huh. I started to keep count. There was one, one successful spear out of how many spears do you think we saw thrown in this movie? 94 billion. At least 94 billion. One. What? This is the worst group. <laughs> Not just this group. Every group to own a spear in this movie does yep. not know how to throw it. Nobody. They really... This is not a good weapon. I feel like I might be okay at spear throwing. I think you're thinking javelin. Isn't it kind of the same? You're doing the motion right now for a javelin. <laughs> what is that motion? <laughs> <laughs> That's not the motion. <laughs> good. Don't do that. <laughs> okay. Whatever. So they're on this tribal land. There's fighting. And then they start shooting at the tribesmen, whose land they've come on to. Oh. And this is where we learn that their guns shoot fireworks? And we learned... Uh, we, well, we failed to mention what the the tribal group looks like, too. No, because the, the first they have a normal-sized group of tribal <laughs> oh, people. Oh, right. That they yeah, defeat. yeah. They destroy them because of their their uh, grenade-launching normal guns. Simple guns. Every time they shoot into the tree, the tree literally blows up. Yeah, every <laughs> every gunshot, cool. it's like a, it like shot a grenade or something. <laughs> That's what cool. it looks like. So then Trapper and his crew are about to be killed by this tribe. They are captured. They're, and then like a weird zombie-looking guy. He's like he's a wearing, leper looking guy. He looks like a zombie to me. Yeah. But he's got like a cloak on and he comes through and the tribal people are like, Ooh, and they run away and Trapper and his crew use that opportunity to uh, run. Yeah, but you saw who else helped him. Yeah, the the slaves that they had rescued earlier come in and like even Yeah, the they were disguised as these tribal people yeah. to sneak in and, and free them. Also, we see in this scene um, them... The, the tribal people jumping over a real weak fire, but they seem to think it's really cool. <laughs> and some camera shots that are a lot of uh, butt jiggling, a lot of butt cheeks in it's the camera. So many butt cheeks. How many butt cheeks were in this and movie? It's, if you could, um, as a grown man, put on a thong, stand directly <laughs> in front of a camera. Me as a grown man? No, if one could. Okay. Put, in, put on a thong, stand in front of a camera... And then run in place really fast. 
That's we saw a lot of that. There was a lot. It was enough for me to make a note. I'll say that's that. True. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, they did run across. It was like they were walking on coals, but the coal fire was I don't know, maybe a foot by a foot. It was a tiny square of of coals. Hey, here's a test just to see um, if we were on that that dating or the newlywed show, and they they were to say. You're testing me? Uh-huh. Okay. Best coal walking scene of any movie ever. Go. Joe versus the volcano? Oh, what? what? Whose idea was the corn? Oh, that's a corn walking scene, though. <laughs> Shut up. That's so unfair. It's not coals. It's corn. No, because they walk through the coals first. And then they go through the corn, and that's when he goes, whose idea was the corn? That was unfair. Okay, well, you failed. Uh, well, marriage over, I guess, so let's <laughs> continue to podcast. Um, so after they have escaped, and they are running through the jungle some more, they come across a tribe of what can be described as little people. Mm-hmm. Um they do describe them at one point as pygmies. Yes, but they're clearly not. Although no. they're supposed to be because they're they're like painted to look like them. Yep. Let's not investigate that. Let's not go deeper. <laughs> I can't and I won't. So they shoot at Trapper's group. Oh, Trapper's yeah, group they suck. They uh, just more spears flying through they the suck, air and they're killed. All of them. You know how many scenes to... Yeah, they they wipe them out right away. Yeah. They just shoot all of them. Yeah, with their giant... Guns. Guns that explode. It's like a bunch of uh, little people with face makeup throwing spears Mm -hmm. so poorly that they don't even stick. No. Like, I would have, as the director, been like, at least have a couple sticking to look cool. These just kind of, like, fall on the ground. And then the guys just look at them, pull out their guns, and shoot them. Well, (laughs) decimate this entire tribe. Yes, they're totally killed. (laughs) And then one of them, like after Trapper's group rolls out, one of the little people who has survived comes over. He chants over one of them with a bullet wound, and that buddy wakes up. And they all wake up, and now it's time for round two. Which so, they kill him again. But yeah, it, the it, little people <laughs> come back. They fight. Trapper's team wins again. They just shoot them all again. Mm-hmm. But in this one, Trapper is injured. And yes, this is the one and only time a spear hit somebody. And this then a short while later, Doc checks Trapper's wound and it's been healed. Yeah, this is when we find out there's some magic in the jungle. Yeah, the Anuk wasn't full of beans. So the little people come back. And this is when we realize that Anuk is, like, buddies with them. He reveals that he and the little people are all immortal, so this (laughs) killing them thing is, like, not gonna really do much. Don't waste your ammunition. It won't do any good. What do you mean? It's useless. They possess a magic which makes them immortal. Nonsense. No one's immortal. Well... I mean, it ends up being true. Yeah, that is true. Uh, At the time, it wasn't true. Also, you know, another thing that bugged me was that these um, these little people with the spears, not only the first time around, but the second time after they've all healed themselves, constantly had the element of surprise 
and mm-hmm. still nope. just sucked at hitting them. They're like right next they're to them with spears. They're just not killers. They're not. That's although not they think thing. they're pretty cool. They are tough. Like the leader of the little people hisses. Yeah. Several times. And grunts. Yeah. Until we find out about um, three-fourths of the movie in that he can speak English. Perfect English. <laughs> perfect English later. But there's... Okay, we'll get to it. <sighs> I think they forgot that they, they were grunting for the first part of the movie. I know. They probably did. They probably shot it like two years apart. And they're like, true. no, he speaks yeah. English. The small guy leader hisses and then Anuk leads all, all of them to a temple, which is... I don't even know what culture this is supposed to be taken from. It's pretty awesome. I wonder what the budget was, because this was cool. The, the I temple think was they, cool. I think they must have taken something that was already existing. No, because they, <laughs> they blow it up well, at the end. some of it, but there are also shots of like a, an actual thing. Yes. The most important part about this, though, is yeah. that the temple is filled with 80s babes. Ooh, okay. <laughs> White 80s babes. White 80s babes with braids with beads it's extremely problematic but they're also kind of dressed like cave women it's like who um, have had like full waxes and tan jobs it's like they're all waiting to go to coachella and this is the holding place (laughs) it's like just go wait in the pyramid in the jungle and we'll tell you when uh whatever hipster band's about to come on stage yes because they come running out yeah they're very excited you have a hologram of what rapper and they're like running down (laughs) looking (laughs) there's also a man with a white beard whom we shall call maybe white beard from here on out high priest Okay. He describes himself as a high priest. He has a name, too. It's like Gorik or something. (laughs) Who knows? Who cares? He does have a cool one. He comes out, and he's on top of this temple. And then Anuk and the little people uh, force the men in Trapper's group to kneel. Like, they physically beat Trapper and a couple of others to the ground to kneel. You know what I do like, though, before this is, like, before they're rounded up, is Uh all the women surround them and they're like freaking out over seeing the men yes and there's like a xylophone solo going on (laughs) did you notice that yes and i like that all the men are being like molested by these uh caged coachella hipsters except for uh doc poor doc (laughs) poor doc like they're avoiding him like the plague it's really funny he's got like a bloody head wound he's real greasy through the movie yeah it is funny though all these women too are like exactly the same age it's like a tribe of women who are all 25 (laughs) oh yeah for sure all amazonian and what i like is that their costumes they're like (sighs) loincloth with it's like fake animal print. It's hilarious. The like tiger and leopard print oh. is clearly out of like, it's like Hobby Lobby. Bright orange. It's really funny. Oh my goodness. Yeah, n- that was not skinned off and, of an actual animal. Yes, and all these ladies are like super horny for these weird, mm-hmm. weird, gross dudes. But they're oh, not. Yeah. They're not going to act on it yet. Don't worry. They can't until the full moon. We'll get there. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Which also never happens. But so all these men are no. The full moon happens. They don't show the full moon, do they? They couldn't afford it. It wasn't in the budget. You couldn't turn the camera up to the sky? No. You know what it's like to take a picture of the moon. It's never what you want it to be. (laughs) Okay. So we have a few of the men from Trapper's group, including Trapper, already kneeling because they were forced into kneeling. And then we have the ultimate sexy babe. 
She looks awesome when she comes she's, sauntering down in her like she feels bikini awesome, and headdress. Sure. Oh, and I would too if I was in that outfit. There's also a gold bikini involved. That would be American culture that she's representing. <laughs> yeah, maybe Italian. <laughs> she looks awesome. She's the high priestess, and the weird white beard guy is the high priest. The high priest of this strange group, and she has a name. They say it a bunch. Sheila is her name. We learn like at the end. Oh, I, I like high priestess better. Yeah. Especially because she does some pretty cool, also, some wicked cool stuff. Sheila's like an Australian name, right? Sheila? I feel like it is. Cause You're thinking that, like... Sheena, that movie. No, no, no. I'm thinking of like they call in Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> 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 girls are, women are Sheila's, right? Is that what they say? I think you so. You would know that a lot better than me. I've watched Crocodile Dundee so many times. Speaking of which, this is a perfect time to mention that my oldest friend in this world is an Australian. And when she came to visit us, she had never seen Crocodile Dundee, so we forced her to watch it. <laughs> she was, like, mortified, too. <laughs> it was not cool. <laughs> it was so cool. <laughs> so dumb. Between that and her listening to your Australian accent, that was a good day. Hey, I'll tell you what. She she kind of coached me on it, and now I have got a really good Australian accent. So much so that I have lost my British accent when I try and do... Voices. Wow. It constantly slides into an Australian accent now. Okay. So the high priestess comes out and she uses her special skill of brain power Mm -hmm. to knock the remaining standing fellows to their knees. I also like that every time in this film she uses any kind of special power, she smirks. Yeah. She's very proud of or herself. Or lifts one eyebrow. Oh, yeah. She's got That's the whole, That's what like, I do when rock. I use my special powers is one eyebrow. Like the rock. I'm doing it right now. The uh, high priestess basically asks Anuk, why did you bring the old dude referring to Doc? <laughs> yeah. And Anuk is like, oh, his scientific knowledge, duh. And... That's totally it. She's like, why did you bring these people? And that's No, not says. these people. She was cool with all the young men specifically targeting poor Doc. She's ageist. She's super ageist, although, fun fact, she's the oldest one of the bunch. She's older than Doc? She's 170. Oh. I thought you meant it Looking <laughs> mighty fine for 170, I might add. She is ageist, yes. Um, and then the men are sent to jail, and um, they're fed by all the white babes who come with fruit. And like shove it through the through the bars of the jail cell. I yeah, which are actually teeth to a giant skull. Yeah, it's pretty, <laughs> pretty cool. cool. <laughs> and then Doc talks to Trapper, and he's like, "We've got to come up with an escape plan. This is a bad place." And then we cut to a shot of the high priestess in a room. It's incredibly unclear what is happening but there is blue light and cartoon lightning bolts and her hands are being held up this is awesome (laughs) okay she's like absorbing energy is she or is she giving it what's happening i think she's absorbing it okay i yeah she's like lightning is going into her hands i I thought it was coming out of her hands i don't know but it was there's lightning bolts yeah i was all in on this i was so happy (laughs) it was really cool and then outside uh the white beard guy the high priest he comes he uses he reveals that he too has brain power and he makes some of the little people fall unconscious and he sets trapper and the buddies free and he's like at first light run 
And so they grab their stuff and they go at first light. I do like... Uh, one thing I appreciate about the high priest is his um, knack for fashion. Huh. In basically every scene, he's changing outfits. He does have a lot of outfits. He's like a Reba McIntyre concert. <laughs> <laughs> I went, when I was a kid, I went to a Reba McIntyre concert. Mm-hmm. And she... I, you know, things get exaggerated as as time goes on, but I don't think I'm exaggerating this one. She changed after, like, every three songs. She would run backstage while the band kept jamming, and then she'd come back out in a totally different outfit. That's cool. You want to know the highlight of that concert? Yes. She, at one point, came out in her outfit from Tremors, and they played the scene from Tremors. Like, she reenacted it? She just was wearing the outfit from Tremors. Oh, well, it played on a screen yeah, behind her. Yeah, it was her. awesome. Oh, I thought and she was, I like, lost my mind to it. I was, like, so happy. You're a big Reba fan. I, I wouldn't describe it as you big, but I... Are... She's fun, man. You she's have watched a... every episode of the show, Reba. Yeah, they're right beside me. I watch them every <laughs> night before I go to bed. We all got our thing. Yep. No, in all honesty, Reba seems like that fun person to be around, so... Anyway, she changed as much as the high priest. That was my point. So I think the high priest was on to something. He's living on this mountain with a bunch of babes. <laughs> yeah. Who essentially worship him. Yeah. And then a, a whole group of, like, young buff dudes. Yeah, that fight for him. Come in. He's like, maybe you should go. I'm helping you. Run. <laughs> Run away, boys. Yeah. So you they don't do. want to be here. You don't want to be here with all these hot babes who are very horny for yeah. some reason. <laughs> you don't want to do that, especially because we're about to do a ritual to our fertility god. Get out of here. Just go. Just yeah. go. Save your <laughs> No place for you. So he sends them off and they do. They like run away and then the babes roll out Along with the little people, they begin hunting and tracking Trapper and his group. And the women follow the little people for a while until the little people find the trail. And then they just knock them over, like stepping on them. (laughs) I don't understand that scene. But they do. And they hustle off to find Trapper and the crew. Then two of Trapper's group, one of them being the guy with a captain's hat... They decide to go solo. Like, they go their own way and Trapper and everybody else go another. I do like that um, they discover that there's, like, these poor man's versions of Indiana Jones booby traps in the jungle, too. Yeah, what does that have to do with anything? Nothing to do with anything. And they just avoided it very easily. Like, Like the Spears, even their traps sucked. They just didn't even kind of work. Nope, they didn't. Somehow, though, they are captured... And rounded back up and brought back to the temple. Yes. And so that's, uh, as they're being rounded up, though. Oh, we do need to say that the two dudes that went solo. Oh, yeah. Judas Priest and uh, the guy from the bar. They try to rape somebody and fail and then find a huge, like, hunk of weed oh yeah they just, just roll like a joint a, just a chunk it's <laughs> pretty funny and roll a joint and that's when they get caught while they're like yeah. smoking out yeah yeah the little person's like uh-uh yeah that little guy is so pissed about the smoking of the weed he, he kicks it he, he stomps on it and scolds him <laughs> oh by the way they can speak english now this is yes. when we discover yes. yeah okay no we 
Well, we kind of learned. I think they were transitioning to the English language because remember <laughs> when... Um, it's when they're hunting them because that's what I have. The Amazonians and the and the little people are hunting them and they start speaking English. Yeah, but earlier one of them, when they were trying to kneel, one of the little people was like, kneel! <laughs> and I was like, do they just not quite know English? <laughs> well, they definitely get better uh, yeah. over the course of they about three hours. In, in a few hours. Yeah. Uh, so white hair guy is not pleased the high priest and he also the little person leader is real real angry about the weed the white hair guy says they are free to move around now like we've caught you you see you can't escape so like do whatever on our little commune or or wherever and the guys are immediately like uh we've got an idea let's go with all the babes one guy five babes yeah we need to get laid and all the babes are like we need to get laid yeah you know what about the women too uh one minor note i forgot to mention is when they get recaptured Mm mm-hmm all the women are throwing spears and not one single one hits anybody. Oops. They're just falling. So many spears. Just this whole movie. Well, if they're wanting to hook up with the guys, I bet they don't want to hit That's them with true. the spears. That's true. It was intentional. Yes. And then, interestingly, none of the women care about who this guy is, which is the most unbelievable part of this whole movie. All of the women are like, oh, you're a creepy weirdo from the forest? Yeah. I really want to hook up with you and five of my girlfriend friends simultaneously. I thought about that, though. What are their options? Um, any one of those little people might be great. Um, no, they have maybe, anger management issues. Well, the leader does, for sure. But the rest of them, who knows? No, they're always just walking around grunting. They don't want to smoke weed. They don't have any... No redeeming quality. It's all the leader. Yeah. And the leader's kind of cranky because they keep getting killed and stepped on. I do like that they keep getting killed and having to regenerate. It's so funny. And then also, what about what about the high priest? Yeah, what I mean, about they him? have options or a nook. No, he is, uh, by definition, from the high priestess, past his prime. Oh. Remember? Poor guy. Yeah. It's all over. He's going to go hang him. out with Doc and play chess in the park. Okay. There's still one lady who wants him. <laughs> oh, yeah. She, no, we don't have to go into that. No. Okay. <laughs> okay, so the guys are allowed to freely move around. They think it's time to hook up with the ladies. Um, but a Nook assures them that'll happen with the full moon when there is the fertility ritual. Until then... Um, Chill out. Yeah. I mean, the guys do everything they can but that. And it includes, like, weirdly pouring cold water on their faces, hitting their heads on poles. I don't know. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) And then there's a scene of them eating in the dark. And then it's revealed that the old lady is, or that the high priestess is really, really old at 175. And Trapper's like, oh... This is my time to flirt. Well, it's when she's like, oh, you have a problem with age? And he's like, not if old people look as good as you. You're fine. (laughs) You're totally fine. 175 and looking fine. That's right. We also, this is where we start to see these kind of like leper zombie people walking around too. Yes. They're just kind of like wandering. We'll get to the fertility ritual because that's what this is all about, right? And it's, I, I guess it's a full moon. Is that what you said? Um, well, that's what they said. I didn't see it. Who needs to see it? But there's a fertility ritual. We get a lot of uh, freestyle dancing 
during jazz flute. Some very strange, very sensual uh, choreography. It reminds me a lot of, you remember when we did uh, Hell Comes to Frogtown? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the lead clearly had to, like, um, come up on the spot with, with a sensual dance. For the frog leader? Yes. It's very much like this. It's like they gave no direction to these ladies. They just gave them all uh, cloth in their butt cracks and said, okay, you got a sexy outfit. Now uh-huh. do a sexy dance. And they... Yeah. There's a lot of variation between um, what they thought was sexy. I feel like they went to a gymnastics... Uh, nope. Like an aerobics convention. For sure. And they said, Deborah. Christy and eight women raise their hands and they're like, come with me. They're like, no, Christy with an I. And then three women put their hand down. Oh, And so Deborah and Christy's came up with some choreography. They invited a few Tiffany's and a few Stacy's. Mm-hmm. They all put on some white gauze, some like dance belts, and they were ready to go. It, there was a lot of dancing, and I did appreciate the jazz flute that was happening. So it much. wasn't xylophone this time. But it was... I don't know what was happening. Yes. <laughs> this score would be really fun to have. So we have a blood sacrifice at this point, And there's like a rooster and the women are passing a rooster around. And then the high priest is like, no, no, no. I've got enough blood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he feels some weird bamboo mugs with blood. Everyone drinks blood. And then apparently that makes all these women and anybody who drinks it pretty horny. So they're all going to go. So and they all like single out the men except yeah. for <laughs> poor, poor, poor Doc. Doc doesn't get picked. Because Nobody is interested. He's useless. Nope. Low motility. <laughs> so he is out. And then there are a lot, a lot of scenes of dudes and ladies like just rolling around. But this is totally PG too. That's what's funny. No, it's like because you can see like. Oh, I boobs. guess there's some nudity in boobs here. Boobs and butts. Yeah, kinda. It's and lots of like very moaning. tame. Yeah, yeah. All considered, especially for these kinds of films, I was it's like, not, oh, no, it's, it's not okay. a sexy scene. No, it's not sexy at all. <laughs> the high priestess, though, picks Burt Reynolds. She's like, you, you Trapper. got, you got a lot of hair. I can hold on to in a storyline that doesn't matter or make sense, really. No, and it plays no part well it kind of does because it really enrages the high priest yeah i guess so great great screenwriting i guess so the high priestess and trapper go into what is like a strange wicker cocoon (laughs) and there's lots of trapper butt thrusting Oh, and this is where it gets to sexy saxophone. Yes, why? This is very important. Okay. Because this will be a reoccurring sound that happens is every time she says, yes, my love, my love, we'll play a clip. Uh, Actually, let's play a clip right now. This is what you're hearing. Tonight is our beginning. (sighs) Tomorrow, Gorok will be as nothing. Okay, so... Now imagine for the rest of the film, her taunting the high priest in his mind. Yeah, he has a memory. With the sound of her and Trapper having sex. But not just her voice. Every single time (laughs) it comes in, it starts with the saxophone. And by the end, I was like laughing so hard because... Every time the, the high priest is, like, walking and talking. Well, he was pouting because he wasn't chosen for the fertility right, ritual. Right, because he was past his prime. But he'll stop mid-sentence like sentence or mid-walk, put his hands on his temples, 
And then all of a sudden you get this like distant sound of a saxophone. And then all of a sudden the woman going like, yes, my love. Yes, my love. And then he goes back to reality. And I love that they had to include the saxophone every time. You are everything I need. Garok is nothing. I loathe him. And so this is also where we go, oh... Were he and the high priestess in a relationship? Well, yeah, she's 170. Uh, sure, but he's old too, I'm guessing, because they're both immortal. It's true. Um, So that was unclear up until that point when he suddenly becomes jealous that she's hooked up with Trapper. But he doesn't really do anything besides take a pouty walk and then kind of watch for a bit. Yeah, and then he wanders into a place where we uh, will next go to, because I was shocked by this okay yeah that's doc so doc well he's there too yeah doc has taken his leave of the fertility ritual since nobody chose him yeah he's like well i'm not getting laid i'm gonna walk around so he well he's convinced this place is evil and he's gonna go find some confirmation of that fact so he goes underground and discovers that there's in fact a warehouse it's like a missile silo and it's, it's got full-blown electricity. Yeah, like generators, these giant... It's huge. It's just a huge warehouse. Yep. Like a power plant. Yep. And that's where he's walked into. And then we get a real quick scene. This is important. We have to mention the high priest now mm-hmm. in that same room absorbing electricity like the high priestess oh, yes. was earlier. Mm-hmm. That's going to definitely come into play. And... Also, so this is when the high priest comes down and he captures, well, some weirdos capture the doc who is snooping around. He's busted. And the high priest and doc have a heart to heart and they talk weird nonsense science, basically. Oh, about generators. Because doc's like, this is magnificent what you're doing here. While these, like, mutants are walking around in the background. And the mutants are the ones that we've kind of seen a few times before. And apparently, I think that they're supposed to be... It's not ever clear. But I think that they're supposed to be men who have been used up from previous fertility cycles. But also... Oh, is that it? I thought they were exposed to radiation. But also, I think they were exposed to radiation. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I think they had two different ideas that kind of coalesced into one. (laughs) They're definitely expendable because this is when we get a very amazing uh, revelation in this film, which is the high priest is having no part of these mutants and shoots a couple lasers out of his eyes. Just randomly. Out of his eyeballs. no They weren't doing anything. Oh, and he nonchalantly mentions that they have all these powers because of, quote-unquote, voodoo gods. Yeah, the voodoo gods and the electricity combined... (laughs) Somehow, they're linked. ...are what are keeping them immortal. (laughs) He's saying this as he's shooting lasers out of his eyes <laughs> at these mutants. It's this film at this point it's just gone off the rails and it's I am all in. It's nonsense. It was definitely a slow burn to start with, but wow, once it once it gets going it is worth it. So then the next day, so everybody like sexed it up for the fertility ritual. And the queen is whispering to Trapper. She tells him that she's going to kill the high priest, that he means nothing. She's in love. This is where it keeps interjecting into the mind of the high priest like this. 
So that's that's what he keeps getting bugged with. Like he's just minding his own business, walking around, and then all of a sudden he starts to hear the saxophone. Yeah. And then that comes in. Oh, and then man. Doc comes up and he's telling Trapper that the Queen wants to take over the whole wide world and that Trapper shouldn't trust her. And then the queen, like, threatens him with eye lasers, but doesn't end up killing him. Because Trapper's like, wait, I want to hear what he has to say. And then we uh, we have a showdown because we're kind of nearing the end where what we've discovered is that the high priest mm-hmm. is not happy for good reason. Well, yeah. And the high priestess is like, I found your replacement and I'm yeah. going to go ahead and take over now. And they're um, at odds with each other, and we get <laughs> the highlight of this entire film. Is... Oh, before you say that, though, these weird leper zombie things also are escaping somehow. Oh, yeah, yeah. At they're the same starting time, to run they do come the to play in a moment. So. <laughs> it's true. Okay, do you want to describe what happens between the high priest and priestess? Oh, okay, well, the high priest is standing up on a ledge of the temple, uh-huh. and the high priestess walks out, and they give each other... This is very similar to how when our cats look at each other and one of them is going to attack, but they won't decide who's going to attack first. Yeah. And they're like twitching their tail. Exactly. It's like this. They're just staring at each other and then all of a sudden their eyes turn like this white. And this could have been a scene straight out of uh, Sorceress. Remember that movie? Oh, yeah. The Wynorski film. Almost less like lower quality though. So they start shooting lasers out of their eyes, out at each other. But it's from a still photo. Yes. Like, it's a still photo of her, it's a still photo of him. <laughs> and every the close shoot. Up. And they keep hitting halfway between and, and ricocheting ping. out like, ping, ping. And it goes on forever. It goes on. Minutes. And everybody's watching and they're like, what's going on? Yeah, all the guys like come out of their weird sex huts and they're like, huh? And everybody's watching and it's just over and over and over. Every single laser blast hits each other and ricochets. Nobody's hitting another target at all. No. And it, it's uncomfortably long. It is. Although it is. It's worth it Worth though. its price in gold. It's like where you <laughs> just gotta like knuckle down and bear this eyeball laser battle. Really amazing. So there's <laughs> like this eye laser battle forever until ultimately the priest is distracted and she shoots him mm-hmm. and kills him. They're both distracted by the like weird leper zombies who are now shooting laser guns? Yeah, because she then turns at, at them and starts just shooting all the lepers with her eye lasers. Uh-huh. <laughs> but they're shooting back with laser guns. It's so cool. Oh, so the queen begins laser-eyeing the zombies. It's just or like zombie a, lepers, it's whatever like they all are. Out, everything's going to chaos now. The high priest is dead. The, the main guys are all running away. Yeah, Trapper and his group with Doc bolt. And if it couldn't get any better... And the babes follow. Yeah. This is probably the coolest scene of the whole... Well, the eye laser battle was cool, but this was pretty high high cool A treat. So she goes over to her stone throne that she's been sitting in, pulls up a piece of fabric to reveal that there's actually mechanical controls on it. (laughs) And like, like a 1960s James Bond film, these two cannons shoot out from the arms. Yep. And she presses a button and just starts shooting cannon like mortars at the lepers, mutant lepers that are running around. And then strangely, she decides, you know what? 
burn it all to the ground. And so she starts yeah. shooting their her own community. Like She's their weird tree shooting houses. these cannons from her throne. And then the top of the throne, the headpiece, oh. spins around, opens up, and it's this like machine yep. that just starts shooting a giant laser. <laughs> We watched. It's gotten more amazing as I'm thinking about when it. When this happened, I was just like, "What?" So what she's shooting this on? huge laser and just burning her entire paradise, and then the actual temple just goes down in flames. Like it's just she just destroys it. All gone. She rages hard. There is a final battle with uh, Anuk, the Filipino guy with the the fro doing kung fu, and Trapper. Yep. He drowns him though. And then the priestess freaks out and is shooting eyes lasers like nonstop and basically overheats herself and dies. Is that what happens? That she kills totally herself somehow. She's shooting nonstop and then just faints. <laughs> it is dead. It's like that's okay. like, like there's a cap on how many yeah. eye lasers you can shoot. She shoots eye lasers at a nook trying to protect Trapper and then she dies. And the trapper somehow. runs out, finds the remaining people where Doc has been like, everybody, stop fighting because nobody's immortal anymore. Yes, Let's take this over is where paradise. We, this is yeah. where we learn nobody is immortal anymore. And then, All the babes yeah. are like, wait, what? Yeah. So we gotta stop throwing spears <laughs> recklessly? <Yeah. laughs> and they all decide to live in paradise. And Not all of them. Who? Captain guys, like, he makes meaningful eye contact with his buddy and then he goes one way and Buddy goes into paradise. Okay, well, there everybody you go. else decides to stay. Uh, that's the end of uh, Warriors of the Apocalypse. Uh huh. AKA, would you like to know some alternate yes, titles please. around the world? Yes. Another US title was Time Raiders. What? Let's do a game. Let's do a yes or no and see which name wins out. Okay. Between Time Raiders and Warriors of the Apocalypse, what are you going with? Warriors of the Apocalypse. Yes, for sure. Okay, let's go down to the UK. In the UK, it was called Searchers of the Voodoo Mountain. Warriors of the Apocalypse still rolls off the tongue. I, my criticism with this is I hate the word the in there. I think yeah. it should be Searchers of Voodoo Mountain. Yeah, I agree. But that still, Warriors of the Apocalypse is cool. Okay. Yeah, if, if it just was, or even just Voodoo Mountain. Oh, that'd be cool, too. Let's go to Germany. Okay. Germany was, this is the most ridiculous one, Operation Overkill. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, that's the most accurate title. No, it sounds like a David A. Pryor film. It is not at all. I'm, I'm still going to stick with Warriors of the Apocalypse. Okay. Are you ready for the last one? Uh-huh. Last one was from Spain. This was called 2098 Holocausto nuclear. Whoa. Um, no, I would say that's not accurate. I'm going to still stick with Warriors of the Apocalypse. Yeah. Or just plain Voodoo Mountain. Yeah, Voodoo Mountain would be cool. All right, everybody. That was Warriors of the Apocalypse. I, uh, I'm i going to recommend it. I'm going to say it was a slow start. We did it over two nights because we started it late at night. The first half was kind of like, eh, okay, whatever. I think it's like the first 24. 20- Five or 30 minutes. Yeah, I think on second viewing, it's like, oh, didn't really did not take as long as I thought. But it's it's a slow start. But boy, once it amps up. Yeah. 
it, it never slows down. Yes. And it just gets better and better and better. And by the end, it's like a James Bond film, and it's hilarious. <laughs> it's so hilarious. Yeah, I would recommend it for people who can sit through 30 minutes of nonsense. Because that first bit, I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know if this is worth it. I was worried that there wasn't going to be anything. Because it was just literally them wandering through the desert. Yeah. But if you get through that... It's great. And truly, you could probably fast forward through it a little bit. I read a review, and this is why I was like, we got to keep going, is the review. I didn't read the review, but the title of the review was like, endure just for the ending. And I was like, okay, we'll we'll stick it out. For those of you who are obscure post-apocalyptic fans, definitely this is a deep cut, and I would recommend it. Because it actually is incredibly, incredibly entertaining. Yeah, once you get up the mountain, it goes off the guacamole. deep end. Yeah. It is bonkers. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, Lazy Graves approved. It will make your brain melt as you like struggle to make sense of anything that is happening. Why did anybody give this a thumbs up? Where is it going? All of it. It's uh, so confusing in a delightful way. I'm all for it. I know you are. All right. Well, that's our episode this week. And uh, if you like what you heard, you can follow us. We're on Instagram at Lasergraves. You can go to uh, lasergraves.com to stream us or wherever you get podcasts. We're on iTunes and Spotify and Podbean and all those places. Rate, review, subscribe. Thank you to everybody, especially the ones who have been subscribing and rating. That goes a long way. Yeah, especially to you guys, like 10% more. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Thumbs up. Uh, Please tell a friend if you think they would enjoy it. Please. Secretly subscribe your mother. We have uh, made the mistake of this many times, but we're not going to do it this week. We don't know what we're doing next week because we never do. And every time we think we do... Golden Child. Yeah, we might do Golden Child next week. (laughs) Wait and see. (laughs) Bye. Bye.